It's V Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. everybody and welcome to College Football Live on this Thursday afternoon with Rod Gilmore and Sam Acho. I'm Wendy Nix and we'll start this afternoon with a developing story out of South Bend. It's just been a few days now since Brian Kelly departed South Bend for Baton Rouge and now it seems Notre Dame defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman has emerged as the top candidate to become Kelly's successor. No deal has been finalized yet and we're told several steps remain before Freeman can be formally announced as the head coach but certainly right now the leading candidate to take over for the Irish. He's a defensive-minded coach and has made his way around some of the top programs in the country. Freeman got his start at his alma mater, Ohio State, as a grad assistant. And since then, he's made stops at Kent State, Purdue, and Cincinnati before finally arriving in South Bend this season. Rod, it seems like there's been some momentum both from inside that program and out. The players pushing for Freeman, uh, we hear according to sources. What are your thoughts on him becoming the next head coach at Notre Dame? Well, I think this is a huge win, a huge save for Notre Dame. I mean, they've been really good the last few years, and they've had a really good staff, and they managed to keep their staff together. And I understand the players wanted the continuity. You think about what they have now. They're keeping Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator. Most of the staff is sticking around. And this is a team that can continue doing what they've been doing. Had they gone out and brought someone else in, and all the rumors were there with Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle, if someone else had come in, they would have changed everything with the program and wiped out what Notre Dame had developed over the last several years. So, Sam, I, I think it's a huge save for them that they can keep the continuity that they've had the last few years. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, 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 and Rod, to your point, coaches leave all the time. So the fact that the, the offensive coordinator is staying, Tommy Reese, the fact that the running backs coach is staying, the fact that the strength and conditioning coach is staying, the fact that the recruiting coordinator who had been with Chip Kelly for two decades almost is staying, all of that speaks to not only to Marcus Freeman's impact to the players, but also to the coaching staff. That's number one. Number two, what I get excited about is the youth and the energy that he brings to this storied franchise. If I'm a Notre Dame fan, I should be excited. And yes, we're still waiting. Obviously, it has to be all this has to be signed off uh, by the president, uh, Father uh, Father John Jenkins. Apparently, he's in Vatican City right now, so he needs to get back so he can sign off and, and make this a done deal. But that's what everyone is waiting for, and I think everyone who's a fan of Notre Dame should be excited. Marcus Freeman, up-and-coming coach, he's unbelievable. He brings youth. Tommy Reese, offensive coordinator, still there. It's a win all the way around. Listen, you don't say yeah, that every you know, day, this guys. Is we'll one take of... care of this when I'm back from the Vatican. But you know what, Rod? <laughs> that, that's the way it works at Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the premier jobs in college football. And the way things are changing in college football now, you have to be able to connect in recruiting and you have to relate to players. It really is a young man's game. And for Notre Dame to make this move and entrust you know, that seat to a 35-year-old, uh, very experienced uh, coach now is, is a really smart move. With name, image, and likeness and the recruiting wars, having someone who can relate and connect, I think is a huge win for Notre Dame. 
Well, again, this will likely take a day or two, perhaps, to finalize. But Marcus Freeman is expected to be named the new head coach at Notre Dame. Meanwhile, gentlemen, we got a lot of football to play this weekend. And does it matter? You better believe it matters on championship weekend. And none bigger than this. Let's take a look at the last three times Georgia and Alabama got together. The 2017 National Championship. Remember Tua? In overtime, he found Devontae Smith for the walk-off National Championship winning touchdown and sent everybody Oh, wow. In the 2018 SEC Championship game, it was Jalen Hurts replacing an injured Tua Tungavailoa, rallying Alabama the two fourth-quarter touchdown drives, including the winning score with just over a minute left. And let's not forget the most recent matchup between Georgia and Alabama. It came last season. The Dogs led by four at the half, but Mac Jones hit Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith for touchdowns in the second half, and the Clemson Tide went on to win big, the final tally. 41 to 24. Time now for our weekend wake up brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. Some unfamiliar territory, guys, for Nick Saban's crew. The Crimson Tide currently a six and a half point underdog against Georgia in the SEC championship. And that would snap a streak of 92 games as a favorite dating back to 2015. The longest streak by any team since the FBS FCS split in 1978. It's just not a place they're accustomed to playing for, but it won't matter. Nick Saban will certainly have his team ready, Rod. And we, we could talk all day about Georgia's defense. Look, best in the nation, we get it. The question, I think, and I'll ask you, uh, let's flip the script here. What about Alabama's defense slowing down that Georgia offense? Yeah, Wendy, I think that's really the key because we're not going to see that Alabama offense of past years against Georgia. Uh, points are not going to be easy for Alabama to come by. I think we have to see the Alabama defense of old if Alabama's going to win this game. They need to be dominant. They need to actually step up and play like they haven't played this season. I'm talking about having the ability to get pressure on Stetson Bennett. I, I think Will, Will Anderson has had a great year. He's going to be a real key in this game. But getting pressure on Stetson ben, Bennett is going to be a huge thing. And then in addition to that, the freshman tight end, Brock Bowers, is a difference maker. And I would be surprised if Alabama doesn't have somebody in his face so that he doesn't get a free release off the line of scrimmage. He is the key to Georgia's passing attack. So I think if Alabama gets in front of him and keeps him from getting down the field, that's going to really help their defense. But this is about the matchup with Alabama's defense against the Georgia offense. It makes so much sense. And Alabama likely fighting for its playoff light. Life, Sam, and it, Kirby Smart, though, meanwhile, I mean, he's had his team in that top spot pretty much wire to wire, but, and I say but, he's never beaten Nick Saban, he's never beaten that Alabama team, and not that that means anything each week, but you know it's out there. How much pressure do you think is on the Georgia head coach to get it done this time? Wendy, that means a lot. I know we, people say it doesn't mean anything. It's a new season. No, the last time that we saw Georgia against Alabama and Stetson Bennett at quarterback for Georgia, Stetson Bennett was 18 for 40 with 269 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks. The last time before that, when we saw Georgia and Alabama, Georgia had a two-score lead, and they blew it in the fourth quarter. The time before that, national championship, Georgia had a 13-point lead, and they blew it again. And so Georgia fans are anxious. Georgia fans are nervous. Georgia fans are not excited. They are unsettled because if Alabama happens to beat Georgia in this SEC championship game, imagine what the next 30 days looks like. Imagine what the next month looks like leading up 
to the college football playoff. There's going to be even more uncertainty, even more insecurity. And so, yes, that's in the past. And yes, this is a new team. But at the same time, sometimes you have to look at that history before you go to, to the future. And so there are definitely concerns in Athens. I don't know if they're going to be solved. I think they're going to get I think Georgia's going to win, but it's going to be difficult. I don't think cautious optimism is a bad thing right here. I mean, you know what? Until proven otherwise, we often say. So let's let's see what happens. Let's switch gears now and talk about the Big Ten Championship. Also, phenomenally interesting. You knew Michigan had to beat Ohio State eventually. Well, guess what? Jim Harbaugh and company did that and then some last weekend. And so now all that stands between the Wolverines and the college football playoff is Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. The Hawkeyes won the Big Ten West with four straight wins to close out the season. What a win is for Michigan over Ohio State last week? Well, what a win was, I should say. The Wolverines snapped an eight-game losing streak against the Buckeyes. The last five losses coming under the aforementioned Jim Harbaugh. But that's all yesterday's news now as they turn their attention to face Iowa in the Big Ten Championship on Sunday. Maybe so, Sam, but listen... It's all about what have you done for me lately, right? Huge win. Puts them in a fantastic position, but they must, and I say must, avoid the letdown. How do you make sure that doesn't happen? Leadership. Uh, leadership is the only way that you can avoid letdowns like this. Michigan had, hadn't beat Ohio State in eight years, lost 14 of the last 15. Now you win it, but your job's not finished. Like Kobe said, job's not finished. You need your leaders on that defense, Aiden Hutchinson. You need David Ojabo. These are guys who are first team, all Big Ten. These are guys who are going to be top ten picks. You need them to lead the way, not just on the football field. We know Iowa doesn't pass the ball. Their stats might not be great on the football field, but at practice on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, that's when you win this game. Same for Cade McNamara, our quarterback. This game versus Iowa is going to be won during the week. It's going to be a different style of game than what you saw against Ohio State. But I think the leaders on that Michigan football team can help avoid that huge letdown after a huge win against your rival. Yeah, you know, Sam, that's, that's exactly the point. It is not about Saturday. It is about what happened during the week. And I don't think there's going to be a Michigan letdown. Everything I'm hearing is that Michigan was dialed in and focused in practice. What you worry about is the hangover from Ohio State. And how do guys show up? Are they still celebrating? Are they sloppy in practice? Are guys not spending the extra time watching film? Well, everything I've heard is that they've been dialed in. They've had great, crisp, focused practices that guys are doing the extra work. And that tells me that they are in this thing. There's not going to be a letdown. If Michigan loses this game, it's not going to be because of a letdown. It's going to be because Iowa simply outplays them for the three, three and a half hours on the field. These guys are focused. Well, and we know that's possible. Anything is possible, right? What a, what a weekend. Uh, and there's also a pretty big weekend ahead for a team. I don't know. Another team in Ohio, not Ohio State, uh, goes by the name of Cincinnati, trying to make playoff history. And they are looking to lock this up. But what kind of threat could be looming from the Big 12? Are they safe? That's next. College Football Live is presented by delicious ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. You're watching College Football Live, presented by 
Dr. Pepper. What a weekend ahead. Here's our ABC College Football Conference Championship weekend triple header. Get started at noon. We'll have the Big 12 Championship game. That's Baylor and number five Oklahoma State. Talk more about that in just a minute. We've got Houston and Cincinnati for the AAC title. That's certainly important. And finally, number 15, Pittsburgh, taking on 16, Wake Forest. That's the ACC championship game. All available on ABC and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. Taking a look now at our Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship game preview. Oklahoma State will have its hands full against Baylor in the Big 12 championship. If they can get past the Bears, they'll have a 60% chance to play in the college football playoff. That's according to the All-State playoff predictor with a loss. However, they'd essentially be eliminated from the playoff contention. Here's Coach Gundy on his team's chances. I think it's going to be interesting, uh, in my opinion, the way that we've improved each week. Um, if you get to uh, the point that we could be, if you end up winning 12 games, um, you're certainly in consideration with, with the other teams that are in the same in the same boat. And I told our players, uh, for the last three or four weeks, um, essentially we've been in a playoff run. Uh, if you win, you're in. If you're out, you got to get a lot of help to get back in. Uh, and fortunately, we've been, been a... a been able to stay alive for this amount of time and uh, we'd certainly like to play well enough Saturday to be in the uh, discussion on Sunday. If the college football playoff were to begin today, undefeated Cincinnati would hold that fourth and final spot. But before we get there, the Bearcats will have to get past the Houston Cougars in their conference title bout. And then number five, Oklahoma State is right on their tail. Fresh off for a win over in-state rival, then number 14, Oklahoma. The Cowboys will host Baylor at Jerry's World on Saturday. That one's a noon kickoff on ABC. Listen, I, th this is fascinating to me, Rod, for all kinds of reasons. Now, it could go one way, and if one of these two teams loses, it's not a big deal. If they both win, does Oklahoma State jump Cincinnati into that number four spot? Yeah, Wendy, you know, this is a tough one. I mean, I've felt all along that Cincinnati is one of the four best teams uh, in the country. I don't know that the committee sees it that way. And I think there are two things to keep in, in mind here. One, this is not like the AP poll or the coaches poll, where if you win, you stay where you are. The committee starts each week with a clean sheet of paper, and they start all over. So that's a risk there. And we have to remember, because I'm old enough to remember, 2014, TCU was sitting in the number four spot, and they got jumped by Ohio State even though TCU won their final game in a blowout. So that precedent is, is out there, and that's a concern. The, the other thing is the committee has been slow to embrace Cincinnati. They were slow to put them in the top four. They haven't moved them from four to three. They keep looking at their schedule, making concerns about it. And when you have a power five champion who potentially could win two games against top 15 teams to end the season – I think that's a risky place to be. Not to rain, Sam, on the parade of Cincinnati folks, but you'd be a little bit nervous right now. you got to win, and it's not certain that you're going to get in, right? Man, Rod, you may not be raining on the parade, but I believe that they, people see the clouds coming. They're getting their umbrellas out. If Oklahoma State yeah. wins... That'll be three wins against top 15 opponents. You had the Baylor win earlier in the year. Uh, Baylor's number eight. You had the Oklahoma State win in Bedlam, the rivalry. We heard how important of a win that was last week. 
And then you're going to have another win against Baylor, number eight, to end the season. Cincinnati, Cincinnati plays number 21, Houston. And so they may win their game, but you got four and you got five. You got number four playing number 21. You have number five playing number eight. If Oklahoma State wins and everything else stays the same, there's a very, very strong chance. Get your umbrellas out. Because it's going to be some raining on somebody's <laughs> parade. And I hope it's not Cincinnati's, but I'm just saying, the way it looks, it might be over in Cincinnati. Just, just tell Cincinnati you fans know, to root for Baylor and root for Georgia. Hard, hard, yeah, really, hard. really. You know, guys, I get Baylor, it. All, all of that Georgia. makes sense. And you, you can make that argument, but I just, I, you hate to see it given, you know, they're so close yeah. to being the first team to do this. I know that's, that's not the point. I get it, but it's sort of hard to watch. We'll see. Maybe it'll all take care of itself. It always seems to do that somehow, except I remember that TCU situation as well, Rod. So there's that. All right. You know what else there is? I'll tell you what. There's Acho Mine. Sam is here. We wait all week for this. Uh, but before, see, I'm, I'm so excited. I forgot to tell you about the Dr. Pepper one final team reveal. Sam, see, I get ready. Cincinnati leads the way, having garnered more than half of the vote. Oklahoma State, Ohio State, and Notre Dame make up the other 42% of the vote. So somebody's feeling like I'm feeling, you know? Like, let's just have them win, and I don't know. We'll see, we'll see if it all works out for the Bearcats. Uh, I don't know if that, that's something that's on Sam Acho's mind, but a number of other things are. We'll take a look next. College Football Live is presented by Delicious Ice Cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Here we go. We don't see the rankings until you do. How good is this football team? They look like the number two team in the country. Conference championships going to matter. There's still one more spot. I think they'll be in. The College Football Playoff Selection Show, Sunday at noon Eastern on ESPN. Glad you're back here with us on College Football Live. Jay Walker and Tiffany Green. Hope your bellies are full from the holidays. Certainly, we have consumed so much great football during the regular season. It's championship season, though, and as they always do at this time, handing out some postseason honors, let's hail the SWAC Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, Alabama A&M quarterback, Aquil Glass, along with Florida A&M's defensive end, Isaiah Land. Jay, their performances this season have wowed audiences. Absolutely. We talk about these folks. These are guys that expect to play in the National Football League at some point in time. Aquil Glass has been the prototype NFL caliber quarterback this year. A little bit of a surprise when he got it over Shadur Sanders. Sanders had a fantastic season at Jackson State, but the numbers for Glass were too good to ignore. We talk about Isaiah Land, an impact player at defensive end for Florida A&M. He was all over the field. A big reason why the Rattlers advanced to the FCS playoffs. Now let's talk SWAC championship, Jay, as the Tigers of Jackson State hosting Prairie View A&M. Yeah, I mean, this is a game right here where you wonder what's the matchup going to be. For Jackson State, it's been a defense you can hang your hat on all season long. Defensive coordinator Dennis Sturm has done a great job, led by their two stud linebackers, Aubrey Miller and Keontae Hampton. Those are some special dudes there, but they're going to have to be 
challenged this week by Prairie A&M. One thing about Prairie A&M and their head coach, Eric Dooley, he's an offensive genius, likes to really attack defenses all over the field. He's got the transfer quarterback, Jawan Pass, from Louisville, who's been up and down. But when he's hot, this is a dangerous team. But if Jackson State can rattle them, it'll be a tough day for the Panthers. And the environment down in Jackson is going to be unbelievable. 60000 for a SWAC championship and a bid to the Cricket Celebration Bowl. I'm excited. I want to go. Get hyped up. Check us out this weekend. Let's go. You can find it on ESPN2 at 4 Eastern. Wendy, back to you. Guys, thank you. Looking forward to a great weekend of college football, but not before this. Sam, it's been such a wacky year, right? We've, we've seen we've seen so many different things. I feel like this time we need to pay a little homage to the fans. They've been through a lot this season. I, I have a feeling that might be a theme in this week's Acho Mind. Absolutely. Well, well the Acho Mind is a segment where we tell you what happened in college football this last weekend that make you go Acho Mind. Number one, we got to go to the <laughs> field. You're going to see Earl Bostick Jr. with the celebration. Oh, he, hold on. It's all good. He's going to do a better celebration. Look at him. Celebrate, Earl. Celebrate. Oh, he fell down again. Come on, Earl. <laughs> Here, get him back up. Let's celebrate with his Kansas teammates. It's awesome. We're excited. He fell down again. That's number three. Number two, Bobby Haskins from Virginia. Watch this play. Beautiful design. Throwback play to, to an O-lineman? To a to an o Oh, epic fail. Why are we running a throwback to an O-lineman in space? Bobby Haskins, top to the coordinator. It's a bad play design. And last but not least, we got to pay homage to the fans. We got this NC State fan hot. She's mad. She's pouting. Everybody's excited. You won the game. NC State won. <laughs> what you mad about, man? What are you upset about? Maybe a bad grade in class. Maybe a bad breakup. I don't know. But that made me go, I show mine. What y'all think about that? No, we, she's we like the Alabama fans. They win, but it's not 40. <laughs> yeah, did someone check on Earl? <laughs> exactly. I, that's what I want to know. I just want to make sure Earl is okay. Guys, we don't have a lot of time, but before we go, because there is so much uh, to look forward to over the weekend, Rod, and then you, Sam, in a quick word, uh, what are you most interested in this final weekend? For me, it's Cincinnati and a closing argument that is strong and also – Pink and green. Ski-wee, Sam. Ski-wee. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Michigan does. Will they let down or will they not?